Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our next 633 event, the live stream church service, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael to introduce today's guest, Monique Dusson. Well, hey folks, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth, and this is a special broadcast, and I have a very special guest named Monique Dusson. And before I introduce her, you know uh, very well that our culture and the church is going through some very trying times on so many different levels. Uh, Man, it, it, uh, it, it's been a heavy time, but it's also been a good time because I think whenever the church goes through trials, there's opportunity for growth. And right now we have some trials going on and some tension and pressure and even question marks around this idea of racism and, uh, you know, the, the back and forth going on on social media Maybe you have felt, uh, maybe you're kind of tired. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you think too much is being said, not enough is being said. And maybe you're asking a question, and, and this is my heart as a pastor. I'm always asking a question about, Lord, what should the church be doing at this hour? You know, I even asked a, a friend of mine, what do you think that we should do? I'm a white pastor. I'll just put it out there. I was asking a black friend. What do you think the church should do right now? And even those answers are not really always clear. I think everybody has their opinion, but this is a program called Walk in Truth, and we regularly teach the Bible here. That's what we do. We really go verse by verse through the Bible. But we've been telling you about our free apologetics events that we do from time to time to bring clarity to issues that are coming up, and they could be in the culture, in the church, or both. And this is one of them. And we have a special uh, 633 event coming up on August 16th, and it's called Race, Injustice, and the Gospel of Critical Theory. And my special guest is Monique Dusan, and she's going to be at Living Truth in the city of Corona on August 16th, along with Krista. Uh, I want to say her name right, Monique. Bon, bon Traeger, correct? Bontrager, yes. Yes. So hi, Monique. Uh, welcome to the broadcast. Hello. And we are so glad to have you. Thanks for taking time. And I thought what we'd first do is just kind of say, hey, this is Monique, and she's joined us today. Tell us a little bit about who you are, maybe uh, how long you've been a believer, and some of those details. Well, thank you for having me. My name is Monique Dusan, and um, let's see, I am a I'm the founder of the Center for Biblical Unity. I founded the Center for Biblical Unity earlier this year in a response to just a lot of the um, the un- unrest and uprising I was seeing within culture and within the church, things that divided us along the lines of black and white. I actually lived overseas for four years. And when I came back home in 2018, I was completely surprised by just how divided everything was. Um, I had held on, or I, at the time, I had held on to a belief called critical race theory for approximately 20 years. And in coming home in 2018 and getting in a conversation with the Lord about what was happening in culture and getting into conversations with my friends, Um, the Lord began to walk me through a process of changing my paradigm, of understanding that 
critical race theory would never bring the church to unity. It will never bring culture to unity. But what it was doing within the church as brothers and sisters was completely dividing us. And so 2020 comes around, and or 20, actually it was 2019, when, um, when he spoke to my heart to do the Center for Biblical Unity and to really approach the idea of unity, not so much this idea that I feel like is being put forth of racial reconciliation, but unity, like having very specific terms and using terms that are found in Scripture. So in earlier this year, in 2020, in February, I submitted paperwork to the state to actually be a nonprofit so that we could go and train um, not just pastors, but also leaders, laity on biblical, the biblical idea of unity, what has the, the early church believed. And when I say the early church, I mean, like, within the first 300 years of the church, how did we see um, either issues of ethnic unrest or um, partiality? And how did the church handle that? Right. What were the, the ideas of justice and things like that? How did we how did the church handle issues of justice? And so that is that's what, what I've been doing for the last five months is well, money, really just focusing on unity. Yes, and I and I think it's wonderful that your website is called the Center for Biblical Unity and I I listened to a podcast recently on that site and you have there I think it says one race, one Savior, people, one people, one Savior, and I love the fact that you are directing us toward a biblical solution because there's a lot of talking heads out there. There's a lot of opinions. There's almost, uh, in many ways, kind of a new gospel out there, and we'll talk about that. Um, and you know, people are trying to find answers. Even you know, there's been descriptions of mm-hmm. a new canon. You got to read these books to be in the know. But if we just want to simplify things, and this is where we always go as Christians, we go back to Scripture. Jesus prayed that we would be one. We know that there are always challenges to being one in marriage, in relationships, in the church. Um, so this is this is an age-old problem. And the enemy is getting a foothold, unfortunately, in the church. And it's not just around this issue, but this issue is you know, something that's very significant. So I love that you're taking us back to the Bible. And I love the fact that, you know, what's driving the conversation is unity. Let's let's back up for a second and you're you're a black woman, I'm a white pastor. I think we'll just put that on the table so people know who's talking. But yeah. um let's talk about just the racism that is out there. I was telling a friend I uh was listening to a broadcast some of Vince Scully's uh greatest broadcast moments. I'm a big baseball fan. And when Hank Aaron was about to break uh, Babe Ruth's home run record, uh, there was talk of death threats that were coming at Hank Aaron as a black man. And, you know, we could walk that out and say, yeah, there's there's real racism that happens out there. We have uh, empathy for that. We certainly, you know, I love the flock. I love people, whether they're white, black, brown, red, yellow. Uh, it doesn't matter. As a pastor, I love God's people. And I want to make sure that people know up front before we get into some of the other things that we have a heart of empathy for what happened with George Floyd, uh, what happens to people in our world. There is real racism. You grew up in South L.A. Do you want to comment a little bit about that before we move on to some of the other topics? 
Yeah, I mean, I grew up in South LA. Um, I I was there during the riots. I, you know, I've seen racism. I've experienced racism, and you know, I would never say that racism doesn't exist. I believe that you know, as long as there are people with hearts, you know, our hearts will, you know, participate in partiality and there's wickedness of heart. And so, yes, I think that, you know, racism does exist. That's just, you know, what it is. Now, the types of racism that are, that's being put forward, um, I disagree with not, not everything is, um, is a racist structure, you know, number one. And number two, I also don't agree that, um, because of the new definition of racism, that, only white people can be racist and people of color cannot be. Yeah. And it seems like there, there is pressure to um, kind of keep up with what's going on and what you should say and how you should say it and how much you should say mm-hmm. and what you should post. And I think people are genuinely trying to keep up with it and trying to be sensitive, but there does seem to be a, a new paradigm with all of this. And so let's talk about a little bit about what you discovered because you discovered something called, uh, critical race theory. And a lot of people listening to this don't even know what that is. What what does that mean? And how does that illumine someone's insight into this whole issue? Well, um, critical race theory was part of, of what I learned when I was away in university. But I think um, seeing the full impact of it, once I got home, I was pretty surprised. And um, now, what it actually is, is it's just the lens by which we view things, the, um, the lens of viewing everything through like a lens of race. And so what you're doing is you're critiquing society. Who are the oppressed and who are the oppressors based on race? What injustices are there based on race? This thought process comes out of critical theory, which was um, an ideology that was set up through the Frankfurt School. And the Frankfurt School back in the 30s was... Are, um, Marxist thinkers. And after Marxism fell, then these thinkers came together and formed the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School focused on critical theory, looking um, just at, you know, who are, who are the oppressed and who are the oppressors within a society. When you get to critical critical race studies, you're, we're looking through the lens of race. So who is the oppressed and who are the oppressors in a society? What keeps the oppression going? Um, what needs to be done to eradicate the oppression and things like that? And when you when you mention the word Marxist, that, that is a term that grabs people's attention because people are watching what's happening in Portland and Seattle and uh, different places where there's all kinds of protesting and we're hearing about Marxist, uh, you know, movements behind some of this stuff. And really what we're watching is uh, a lot of chaos and division. Uh, there's name calling that it's getting uh, violent. And uh, man, it, it, it's and, and of course, we're concerned about all of that, but it's even creeping into the church. So you talked about this school, yeah. but but is the ultimate goal of, of this to eradicate injustice or is it to cause division? Well, it, I guess it really depends on the side that you're on. Um, in in the way that I see it, I don't 
see a way um, that we will ever be able to get to unity because one of the founding tenets is that there is whiteness and that white people participate in a system that continually perpetuates my oppression as a black woman. And so there are things that, you know, white people can do to help alleviate these issues and ills in society. But at the end of the day, one of the fundamental tenets of critical race theory says that um, racism will only be eradicated when it's to benefit, when it's to the benefit of a white person or the white group. And so at that point, if there's no benefit to white people to end racism, racism will always be there. My oppression will always be there. There's no real way for us to get to unity if you are always the oppressor and I'm always the oppressed. Some in the in the movement would believe, you know, especially those within Christianity, I believe that this framework offer and people who uphold it and want to uphold Christianity are doing so because they have a heart for people. They have a heart to see and affirm the dignity, value, and worth of people. Unfortunately, they couple it with this idea of oppressed and oppressor, and that's not going to get us to unity. Now, for professionals like the people who are um, forming, um, who are behind Black Lives Matter and things like that, who um, self-proclaim themselves as Marxists, I don't know that there's any true vision of unity there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I also don't want to, you know, give motive to their heart. I just don't see how they can get that or get there. Yeah, and and a lot of what we hear is, you know, uh, people who have protested for what we say are the right reasons. It, that's been a bit hijacked now, too. And where there were peaceful protests and people really trying to get to some of the core issues now, it, it seems very convoluted. And I think, you know, most people do see that. Let's let's circle back for a second, because the Bible talks about that there's one race. And I know we hear a lot about racism, but really from one man, Acts 17, we all came. We're all brothers and sisters, right? We all come from Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. ultimately. So it seems like that is a bit of a misnomer. And then um, it seems like we don't really understand what the Bible says about the unity that we already possess in the body of Christ. But I think people who, are, people who have a goal of uh, wanting to see racial reconciliation also see that the church maybe isn't doing the best job in terms of reflecting the, the diversity uh, within the body. Do you see some connections to that? And what do you think are some solutions that would help us? Um, I do believe that, you know, like back in the, the civil rights movement, um, I wasn't there. But yeah. um, from what I've read and things that I've seen, conversations that I've had, I think that the the conservative evangelical church anyway could have done quote unquote more, that there, there could have been, you know, more conversations. They could have been invested in the movement more to um, to bring proper um, doctrinal teaching to unity and what that looks like among believers, what that looks like in culture. Like, how can we be a stand for these things as the church? But with that said, you know, I don't know that focusing or hyper-focusing on, oh my gosh, we didn't do this, we didn't do this, Um, is going to be helpful. What I tend to focus on is what can we do right now? How can we be a stand for unity right now? And so when I look at, when I look at scripture, yes, there is one race. It is the human race. Um, And 
when I look at, you know, for us as Christians, God is forming um, one people. We are right now, um, you are either in Christ or you are in Adam. Yes. And so when when I look at that I'm, and I look at the church, I'm like, we are in Christ. And when I can couple that with John 17 and the Lord praying and, and saying that he's given us what we need for unity, he's given us the glory or the Holy Spirit, he's given us that. Now, how do we walk that out? That's the conversation. It's not, you know, do we need to be united or do we need to be reconciled? The work has been done through the cross. We are now in the same family. How do we walk out the unity? Amen. And, and you know, uh, you're really quoting the essence of a lot of Ephesians 2, right? That we're one mm-hmm. new man. We've been reconciled, those of us who are far off. Uh, we are one new man, one new community. And, but... Oftentimes, when we hear all the cultural voices, instead of going to the Scripture and saying, okay, we're already reconciled to God and to one another, let's walk that out. Let's learn how to love each other. Let's practice what Jesus said, you know, that he commanded us to love one another as he loved us. It seems like we mm-hmm. look at we look to our, our culture for the answers, and so the church— gets driven by the winds of culture, and this has always been a weakness as I've watched the church for the last uh, 30 years. We seem to be driven by the winds of culture more than the dictates of Scripture. Um, Now, you're telling us, you know, what the Bible says, but I still think people are listening and going, okay, I get it, and I've heard sermons like that, but walking that out, you know, what does that look like uh, in a in a fellowship. Now, I've seen it in our own fellowship, and I'm sure you've seen it as well. I mean, you know, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it, it's phenomenal. It doesn't matter where you fr- you're from. But there are people who have had bad experiences, uh, people that have had bad experiences in the church. So, uh, you mm-hmm. know, maybe something that was said to them that made them feel uh, not accepted or, uh, you know, they didn't belong. There's always that human element. So how do we let the dictates of scripture instead of culture help us walk that out? Well, one, I think that um, we have to have a focus on doctrine, like on, on biblical theology, and that needs to be, you know, put forth from the pulpit, one. Two, I think that we need to give space for conversations. You know, we can't be afraid to have conversations of race and racism within the church. We, you know, if something happens, um, you can, you know, if I'm a parishioner, I can bring it to the leadership's attention, or I can simply go to the person that may have offended me and say, hey, are you aware of this? I I don't know that as Christians, we're so willing to give the benefit of the doubt and to Mm. stand for relationship and love with our brothers and sisters. Um, And, and, also being willing to forgive, yes, you know, or being willing to ask for forgiveness. Many times we want to hide or um, we get offended and we run away. Well, that's not, that's not the, the way that we, that we participate with one another when we're in Christ. Right. Well, we that, are, you know, one. <laughs> amen. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. I have a special guest, Monique Dusan. Uh, Monique, you you talked a little bit about having conversations. I've been having a lot of conversations with people, um, maybe more than I've ever had before. I do think that there's been, in times past, some would say that we haven't had enough conversations, and maybe it's because we were afraid to broach the subject, or it was hard to go there for maybe 
a white person or a black person to say, Hey, this is how this made me feel. Um, so I think you said something critical. This is just a relational aspect of, Hey, if you're my friend, you're my brother, my sister, can we talk about it? Can we do Matthew 18? If you, if you offended me, can I go to you and say, Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but this is how I receive that. You're just giving us some, mm-hmm. some really good counsel, but I'm not sure we do it really well in the church. No, and I mean, instead, what we're seeing now is that if I'm offended by something, I'll if I'm a person of color, I'll call it a microaggression. Mm. Well, what if you know? What if it wasn't? What if that person wasn't? You know, what if it had nothing to do with race or racism? You know, what if we just decided we were going to have a conversation and talk about? the issues that are that are there or the perceived issues and don't be afraid to address these issues with truth mm-hmm. you know like the issue of microaggression we can bring that into the church but when it comes in we need to have discussion about well what are you defining are you jumping to to give someone's heart a motive what does paul say about assigning motive to someone's heart right you know like let's have have true conversation and bring correction when needed Yes. So you're talking, you're really talking in terms of a framework. And if we have a biblical worldview, then we should have a biblical framework in terms of how we deal with one another. And we're not always good about that because a lot of times we don't even know what the Bible says about some of these subjects. And that's what we need to learn more. So we start uh, assigning motive. We start thinking, oh, we categorize something. And, and, And someone might say, well, Part of the reason I do that is because I've had some negative experiences. And so they might say something like this, maybe even under their breath, oh, here we go again. So mm-hmm. how can how can that true change come um, and, unless we do what you're suggesting? And I think people are hungry to know, okay, how, how do we apply our biblical worldview to this? Because I think a lot of people are feeling... Frustration, pressure, all of those things. So maybe give us a, maybe summarize that for us in the next minute or so about, you know, just a little bit more on on walking that out. It's going to be the method of going again. You know, no one's going to get it right the first time. Be prepared to be offended. Be prepared to offend. You know, like, these are the hard conversations, though, that people don't want to have. It's like, you know, oh, I want to get this right. I just want to, you know, do it right, and then we can just move on. But the idea that's put forward in Scripture of all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, I don't know that that's a one-time thing. Like, oh, I sinned once and fell short of the glory of God. Or the idea that we are sinful people, we make mistakes, we, we have hearts that are proud and things like that. And so we need to understand that you know, I have a responsibility to forgive. I also have a responsibility to ask for forgiveness. Above all, I have a responsibility to love. You know, how do we put these things forward and and do them, um, like actually walk out the word that we're claiming we believe? Well, the concept of personal responsibility is so refreshing because it's really what the Bible mm-hmm. teaches us to do. So, Monique, we're talking a little bit about worldview here, and we want to have a biblical worldview, but you're you're wanting us to understand also that critical race theory is in itself a worldview. Maybe, maybe help us understand that a little bit more. 
Yes. Now, I, I know academics would say that this is an analytical framework, an analytical tool, not actually a worldview. But what I put forward is that for the person who isn't an academic, critical race theory actually addresses a lot of the fundamental issues that um, worldviews put forward. And so, for example, let's take um, what is the, like, what is humanity's fundamental problem? That's the question that we would ask in the world. Be like, what's wrong with the world? Well, critical race theory's answer to that would be being born white or being part of systems of whiteness and oppression. Now, when we think about our answer to this worldview question as Christians, it would our, our fundamental problem as humans would be being born into sin, that we've broken God's law and we have a broken relationship with our Creator. Um, you can you see another worldview question like, uh, what is, okay, so what is the solution to humanity's problem? We already know that the, the problem itself is being born white, so then the solution to that would be becoming woke. And woke is a term that we hear a lot in culture. We've heard it, you know, for a number of years. And that just refers to being aware of the oppression and injustices within society and recognizing your participation in those things. Um, but as Christians, we see that realizing, like, that I am separated from God but that Jesus died for my sins. That's the solution to my problem. And so there, you know, there are a number of, of worldview questions and critical race theory has answers for these things. But as Christians, if we're holding to a historic Christian perspective, we also understand that we have answers that are true, um, that are objectively true. And we can rely on those answers because it's a better hope for um, unity than critical race theory. And Monique, you're also talking about the heart, right? And, you know, the heart Mm -hmm. is where our problem is biblically. And so if my heart is invaded by the living God and I'm actually transformed uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, then I am going to begin to look at people differently. I should if I'm born again. You know, I, I was yeah. uh, uh, listening to a broadcast recently and then read an article that was recommended. And basically the the idea was that the church um, is is really good at having uh, something happens and, and we've had some terrible past events that happen uh, like the the shooting that took place in the church or, you know, we've had some terrible events like the death of George Floyd and others. And, and the commentary was basically that the church can be really good at having like a, a moment or a prayer meeting or a conversation. And then it kind of moves on. And, and you've been talking about how, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be a process. It's not just a one time solution. It's going to be an ongoing struggle, if you will, just like, you know, you get married um, and and you are one, you're married. However, that oneness uh, by way of your marriage doesn't always get practiced really well, right? You can can have seasons in your marriage where it's really healthy and close and then times when it's not. Um, And I think we need to realize this, and you were getting at that last time uh, we were together, that, hey, this this is going to be an ongoing – conversation, prayer, wrestling with scripture, um, not just a one-time solution, if you will. Yes, I I completely believe so. I think that um, 
you know, we, we continuously need to learn each other, learn, you know, how do I support you? What's going on in, you know, in society or culture that is impacting you? How do we walk in unity? Um, there, there's a lot for us to learn and discern and discuss within the body of Christ. And so, no, I don't think that this is a one and done. You know, I think that, that the, the idea that it's a one and done is a great error. I think that as as brothers and sisters, we should be in it for the long haul and willing to walk out the road with one another. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. I have a special guest, Monique Dusan, and she's coming to Living Truth Christian Fellowship along with Krista, uh, her friend and ministry partner. And this is going to be August 16th, so it's a Sunday night. And it is a 633 event, and we're going to be talking about some of the topics like race, injustice, and the gospel of critical theory. And we just begin to touch on this. And Monica, I just want to throw this out to you. So if I am a person listening right now, and I'm going to come, or I'm going to catch this via live stream, and by the way, it, it will be live streamed on our YouTube channel as well. And you can get to that YouTube channel by going to walkintruth.com and clicking on the church tab. So if you can't make it, you're not in the area, you can also catch it via live stream and even ask a question. But Monique, okay, here I am listening and maybe this has caught my attention and I want to know more. What could I expect that night? And, uh, you know, uh, just give me a little bit of highlight of what to expect. Um, I'd say expect a pebbling issue. <laughs> you know, we, we present things from a, a historically Christian perspective. And so we're not afraid to challenge the cultural narrative. Um, and with that, you know, we want to clearly define our terms. We do hold the premise that critical race theory is not the way forward. Um, but we also affirm that racism is still real. You know, so if you're someone who um, believes that all racism is a thing of the past because we had the civil rights era and we've, you know, done some work to overturn some laws, we we will challenge that narrative as well. What we're looking to do is really put put forth um, an argument that says, yes, racism is, is real and we can affirm that and critical race theory isn't the way to go to build unity within the church. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's a good, it'll be a good time for discussion. Come willing um, and open to learn and, uh, yeah, and ask good questions because we're, we're there and wanting to answer questions because what we don't want to do is just, you know, tell people this is what you should think. We want to create a space where we are um, creating a framework, so to speak, where people can gather knowledge and then be able to think critically about these things for themselves as well. Monique, that that is wonderful, and I think that's what we need to do more of as Christians is we need to be stretched and even challenged about how we think about things, and and the question will become, is it anchored in biblical truth or in something else? And that is true of so many areas of of life, and uh, we are are very glad that you guys are coming, and this is going to be a very awesome and informative evening. Could you tell the people, if they want to find out a little bit more about your ministry. And I know it's been a whirlwind for you guys <laughs> in the last, uh, mm-hmm. what, about six months or so? Um, five months. Five months. <laughs> you've, you've, you yeah. know, this is just really kind of blown up for you in the sense that there's a lot of people asking questions and hungry to know more. How could people access uh, some of your podcasts or your website, that kind of thing? 
Well, you can go to our website at centerforbiblicalunity.com. Um, our podcast we do every Saturday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, and that is All the Things Show. You can find us on, you know, at our website, allthethingsshow.com. You can also go to our Facebook page at the Center for Biblical Unity. That's where um, we put out a lot of information, too. I blog there. We put other resources on there and present material um, really to empower and equip people to think critically about what's happening in culture. Well, I love those words, empowering and equipping. That's really what this broadcast is about. It's about equipping God's people and about making disciples. And uh, this is this is going to be a very rich evening. So, Monique, we just want to say a big thank you from the family here at Walk in Truth and all of our listeners on radio. And again, let me just uh, invite you, August 16th, uh, it's going to be Race and Justice and the Gospel of Critical Theory. And Monique and Krista will be with us, 633 event, August 16th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Now, you can find out information, directions, uh, the live stream info, how to ask a question, all of that at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael Lance. So glad that you have listened to the broadcast. Monique, I'm so glad that I've had this first conversation with you. Thank you so much for being with us. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And don't forget, if you've missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And so, you know, Pastor Michael Lance is the senior pastor here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we want to invite you to one of our Wednesday night or Sunday morning services here in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and all of us here on the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, you may be feeling this right now, too, as you hear some of this uh, conversation about where we're going with this special 633 broadcast. And you know, the term has been thrown out, the phrase cancel culture. And uh, sometimes it feels like if uh, you're not playing by the rules or uh, going with a narrative, you just get canceled. And what does that mean? Well, you just, they, they just cancel you out. They're not going to, you're not going to be able to speak anymore because you, you just get canceled out because you're not, you're not going with the flow of the narrative. And that's not, what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach we cancel people. The Bible teaches that we are quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So I hope um, for the body of Christ that if you see that going on, if if you see the name calling going on, uh, the social media back and forth going on, and you can't say that, and you can't do this, and, and it's just a bunch of uh, more of the cultural winds going on, then um, I think this night is going to be for you because, and look, we're all dealing with it. And we all, we all are trying to be sensitive, but at the same time, we see something going on where this framework is really being pushed and forced, and none of us want to have a cancel stamp on us. But we know that the Bible says to speak the truth in love. And so how 
does cancel culture fit with that? And so these are good questions that we need to be wrestling with. This is obviously a very timely topic given all the chaos and uh, division that's going on in our world. It hurts the heart. Um, it hurts us as believers. It's not what we want to see. And we and let's let's face it. We want to bring a healing balm. We want to bring uh, the truth of the gospel to this. We want the true gospel to be the solution, and we know that it is. But it's got to have an audience. It's got to have an opportunity. It can't be redefined. Uh, we we've got to have a biblical framework to come at these things, and that this is where we're headed. So I hope that you understand our hearts here. Truth, Jesus said, would set us free, not put us in bondage, but it would actually set us free. It would make us a free people. That's where we're going with this, and that's our heart uh, for this evening and for everyone who's in the body of Christ. So th- those are some thoughts just to put forward in terms of you know how we approach this and how we are praying through this as the people of God. And before you go, we would like to say that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on the radio, provide the podcast, and to do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth of the Bible and how it applies to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thank you to everyone who's been giving $5, and in some cases, much more in the past few months. You've been a huge blessing. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching as he gets back into the book of Galatians, chapter 4, 12 through 20, called Until Christ is Formed in You. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.